And thank you guys for being here. I know this is the challenge with all the stuff going on, and uh, you've probably got guests coming in and things you've got to get done, but wow, I'm so glad that you made it out tonight here on this eve of Thanksgiving as we come to celebrate the goodness of our God and worship Him, bless and honor His name, and hear Pastor Tim open up with a few silly jokes, okay? So here's one. Throw it up here, you guys, if you'll do that for me. Did y'all get them? There we go. Why did the farmer run a steamroller over his potato field on Thanksgiving Day? He's trying to raise some mashed potatoes. Okay. Come on, y'all can do better than that. What about this next one? Why did the turkey cross the road on Thanksgiving Day? Anybody? Show the possum how to do it. He wanted everybody to think he was a chicken. <laughs> okay, what is a turkey's favorite dessert? Peach gobbler. Come on now, give me some, give me some love. Give me some love. What now? Y'all gonna love this one. Why did the cranberries turn red? They saw the turkey dressing. <laughs> now you know you like that one. One more. Why did the What did the turkey say to the computer? Google, Google, Google. <laughs> now, nah, I knew you'd like that one. Now, let's get a little more serious in turning God's Word as we uh, come tonight for a Thanksgiving message, as we look at the power of Thanksgiving. If folks could just get that this is not about a turkey, this is not about cranberry sauce, this is not about uh, anything more, uh, there's nothing more important than the message itself, and that is Thanksgiving. There is power in Thanksgiving. And I pray in the next few minutes before you leave here, I'll convince you about the power of Thanksgiving. We'll start in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For Father God, I just thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the Spirit of God that you have here present in us and with us, Lord. We pray, God, for wisdom beyond our years, Lord God, for an insight and understanding, God, for revelation and illumination that goes beyond even our study. We pray, Holy Spirit, you'd minister uh, the word from me, but you'd minister the word to and in each and every one of us. And those that are tuning in, Lord God, we just reach out into their homes, into their kitchen, into their car, wherever they may be right now, Lord God, we just bring your word to them. And we just pray, God, that your word would bring forth a, a breaking, a yoke-breaking anointing that would set folks free. God, God, to you be the glory we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Here in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, tells us what the kingdom of God is. It says, the kingdom of God, said, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. So when you gather around that table tomorrow and eating all that good food and all, that's not the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that's what the kingdom of God is. And if we're to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, we see that the kingdom of God defined is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that when we get the kingdom of God released in us, it's going to bring us into right standing with God. We'll want to do the right thing. We'll desire the right thing. Peace, shalom, where there is nothing broken, there is nothing missing, there is no emptiness left in us. That hole has been filled with the presence of the Lord. And then joy. There'll be a joy that comes from God. God created us to live in joy and live with joy. He didn't create us to be sad and 
created us to be all melancholy and mad. He created us to live with joy unspeakable and full of glory, which is all the kingdom of God, which is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we see right here that uh, the kingdom of God is not religion. So thumbs down. It is not religion. It is not form. It is not tradition. Many people think the kingdom of God is equated with the church, and the church in their mind is just religion. It's some form. It's some tradition. No! The kingdom of God is a dwelling place in the Spirit of God where we are, seek the presence of God and experience that relationship with Him where there is a manifest of His kingdom power in and through us, His sons and daughters. So when I think about this verse of Scripture, it's liberating to me because the kingdom of God is not about what we're supposed to eat and what we're supposed to drink. Uh, while I do believe in a healthy lifestyle and I believe we should eat right and so forth, Christianity must not be reduced to a set of rules and a set of regulations. Legalism has crippled many believers. Here at Christian Embassy, we want to set you free, give you the Word of God, and let the truth set you free from uh, legalism. Because legalism will keep you from the joy and the freedom that is found in the gospel message of God. So many people are bound with religious rules and, and, and they're striving constantly to get God's approval. A sense of spiritual attainment and achievement drives them. But hear me tonight, Christianity is not about what we put into our lives. The Apostle Paul is saying here in this verse, Christianity is not about what we put into our bodies, but it is it's about what is already in us that comes in and through the Spirit of God in Christ. So it's not about rules and regulations, and it's not about do's and don'ts. See, when we, we reduce it to that, that becomes legalism and it brings us back under the old covenant where we, we know that we have to try then to perfect ourselves to please God. Now all you got to do is look at the thousands of years of history and the Old Testament and see that when they tried it that way, they failed 100% of the time for thousands of years. They never got it right. Through the effort of man, they could never make themselves righteous. Because they would always at least break, break one law, and to break one law, the Bible says you're guilty of all. So we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ, who came into this broken world, and He brought His righteousness, His gift of righteousness, and His peace and His joy to put back into our lives as we accepted Him into our lives. So here in the New Covenant, we're, we're now cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We're filled with the love of God. Say, I receive it. We're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. We should say, yes, Holy Spirit, have your way. And, and, and all of God is already, already inside of us. If you're born again, you have received in you Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is your Lord and Savior, and all that He has accomplished is in you resident. The moment you're born again, at that very moment going forward, the Christian life is not about a life of attainment or an ascension or pursuit. It, it's not about I gotta get this and I gotta do that and I gotta pursue this. Rather, the Christian life is a life of acknowledgement. Now, that's a key word, and we're gonna focus on that in just a few minutes. Acknowledgement. Our life as a Christian 
who has accepted Jesus Christ should be one about acknowledgement, acknowledging what He has already provided for us, that He's already brought in us. So it's already in us. So again, Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. So we ask, where is the kingdom? Do we have to wait till we go to heaven one day to have this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? And the Bible says no. Jesus tells us in Luke 17, 21, that the kingdom, for indeed the kingdom of God, is within you. So this righteousness and this joy and this peace and the Holy Ghost is already in you. Healing is already in you. Anointing is already in you. Kingdom power is already in you. This is already within us right now. As you sit here, as you listen to this message, all of the kingdom of God is already in you if you're born again and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So then I have to ask the question for my own life as well as uh, uh, submitting to God to be a leader over many, then why is the kingdom of God not being experienced? If the kingdom of God is in us, why is not the kingdom of God being manifest through us? How do we get these forces to start working in us in a practical way? I don't know if you've been like where I've been before, where I prayed and I've tried to use my faith and it just didn't seem like it was working. Oh, I'm all by myself here. You go ahead. Leave me out here by myself. You all holier than thou folks out here. I mean, I have prayed before and prayed before and, and it's like nothing changed. Have you ever been discouraged or disappointed or disillusioned because it didn't seem things were happening the way the Word of God said they should be happening? Right? And, and, and we need our faith to work. Yes, I understand that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But, but you know what? If you don't know how to work your faith, maybe you're missing out on the treasures of heaven on earth because, you, because of a lack of knowledge. I got into the Word and I said, I'm going I'm to get a breakthrough here. I'm going to find out how to get the kingdom of God that is already on the inside of me. This, this righteousness, this peace, and this joy, nothing broken, nothing missing, the anointing, the healing, the power, the deliverance, uh, everything, provision is in me. How do I, by faith, get it released flowing out of my life? And I found the key. The key to making your faith effective operative, active, and powerful is found right here in Philemon 1 and 6. I say 1, it's only one chapter, but verse 6 here. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective. What we're just talking about, where we were acting in faith, we thought we were, but no, it was not effective. How do we get our faith to be effective? He says the sharing of your faith may become effective. How? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Now notice what God is not saying. He does not say that your faith becomes effective by obtaining every good thing uh, which is, uh, uh, that you are to obtain everything which is in Christ, that you are to run after the things of Christ by acquiring the good things of Christ or by pursuing the good things of Christ. Now all those things sound preaching words and, and, and spiritual words that we should obtain and acquire and pursue the things out there that are in Christ. But he says here, your faith, your faith produces results 
when you acknowledge every good thing that is already in you in Christ Jesus. There's the key. So instead of your faith running aimless, still trying to achieve or obtain or work good works or whatever it is to get it, what you, your faith has to do is acknowledge that Jesus Christ is already the King of Kings is seated on the heart of your uh, the throne of your heart. So He has already brought the kingdom with Him, and the kingdom is already in you. So now what you have to do is you have to acknowledge every good thing that He's already brought on the inside of you. See, you don't need to try to obtain wealth or try to obtain prosperity. Uh, you already have that in you, the prosperity of God. I'm not talking about a greed, uh, a prosperity that the world runs after. You don't have to pray for and try to reach out and grab healing. You don't have to try <clears throat> and, and, and get the confession just right so that you can walk around the corner and bump into, bump into your healing. You already have the healing in you. Now your faith, our faith is confessing and our faith is declaring and our faith is fighting and our faith is all this stuff out here trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it and we're discouraged because it's not working. And when he says here, if you want your faith to become effective, this is what you got to do. you got to start acknowledging what is already in you that's in Christ Jesus. The healing is already in you. You don't need to try and obtain this joy and peace and, 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 and uh, joy in the Holy Spirit out here by seeking more stuff or position or title or, or whatever it is. You've got to acknowledge it that it's already in you. You've got to proclaim with your mouth. You've got to give thanksgiving to God. Do you see it? You've got to start thanking God for what is already in you, every good and perfect work that Jesus Christ came and bought and paid for through the atonement is already in you. Hallelujah. And the way we get it to manifest through us is by our thanksgiving and acknowledging what God has already done. Now that's a simple verse of Scripture, and if you read over it, you'll miss it. But let me tell you what, that's a key. That's a key that we've been missing. That's a key to unlocking what is already in you that God has already... He wants you to be healed so bad. He wants you to prosper so bad. He wants you to, to be promoted so bad. He wants you to have joy so bad. He wants you to live in peace so bad he, that He gave His Son to die and to go ahead and fight the pits of hell and to take care and get the victory. And now when you accept the King of Kings into your life, and now He brings all of that with Him, it's yours. But He says that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Your faith now, pointed in this direction, makes the effectual or the effectiveness of what He's done in your life come through your life. Praise God. If we could spend our time acknowledging every good thing that is in us, we'll have more results in our life. And let me tell you what, you will find that living this blessed life is so much easier than what you've been trying to do. His yoke is easy. That's what my scripture says. Isn't that what your Bible says? His yoke is easy. Why have we been trying to make it so hard? The kingdom of God is in you. This means righteousness is in you. This means joy 
is in you. You say, well, I don't feel any joy. You need to start acknowledging the joy that Jesus Christ has already brought in you. If you're born again, if you're not born again, you need to fall on your face before God and repent and, and say, Jesus, Jesus, I declare your lordship over my life. I surrender my life to you. I confess you are my Lord. I believe God's raised you from the dead. I want you to live not only in the world, but I want you to live in me. I give you my life. And at that moment, everything that the king has accomplished comes with the king and the kingdom, and it comes inside of you. And now you just got to start living a life of thanksgiving and acknowledging what he's already done in you. I thank God that, that I've got every healing virtue that will ever be needed for every attack that the enemy will ever bring against my body is already in me. Hallelujah. I thank you that every need that will I ever face in the next hundred years, if I live another hundred years, they've already, those needs are already in me, in Christ. Say, He's going to meet all my needs according to His riches and glory. They're already there. I don't have to worry about my retirement. I don't have to worry about my future. I don't have to worry and live with anxiety. That's the peace that He's talking about. Hallelujah. Love is already inside of you. The love of God, the agape of God, the wisdom of God, the healing virtue of God, the deliverance power of God. There's no bondage. There's no chain. There's nothing the devil can ever bring against me that God has not already got within me the power to overcome. Isn't that what the Scripture says? There's no temptation that we've been tempted with that, that God has not already given us the ability to escape. The anointing that lifts burdens and destroys yokes are already in you. There's no burden the devil will ever try to put on you that's going to press you down, that God's anointing that's already on the inside of you is not going to raise you up victoriously and bring you through it. The power of God is in you. The prosperity of God is in you. All these things that are in Christ are already in you through the Holy Spirit. He abides in you. And He says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, the, what's in the vine is going to flow through the branches and you already have it. It's already yours. Did you know the Holy Spirit possesses all prosperity that you will ever need? Did you know the Holy Spirit possesses all the wisdom that you will ever need and all the healing and all the power and all the anointing that you will ever need? Try to obtain it another way and ignore the acknowledging with thanksgiving. Let me tell you what, your faith becomes ineffective. Because he says the way your faith is made effective is when you begin to share, when you begin to... See what's in you and share, thanking God with gratitude what He's already done. Man, we got to get this. We got to get this. It's such a simple turn, but it's that one turn that will take you from, take you, if you're going to Disney World, it will take you 95 south rather than 95 north, and you end up in some DC traffic or something. That one turn makes all the difference. This one turn. Here, Philippians 6, your faith will become effective by acknowledging every good thing which is already in you in Christ Jesus. And thanksgiving is one of the most effective ways to do this. To give thanks means to acknowledge what you already have. It means you're taking inventory and you're recognizing what is already there and you're giving thanks. And God says that's the key. 
That's why in Psalms 100 and verse uh, 4 and 5 of Psalms 100, he says, Enter into his, my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. How do you get through the gate to get into the very presence of God with thanksgiving? All that is wrapped up in the kingdom is yours and the key that opens it is thanksgiving. It activates the kingdom power of God. Thanksgiving activates kingdom power. And, and, and our nation has recognized in part many, many years ago from its very founding, uh, uh, starting out, that there is power in thanksgiving. But as men normally do, and I'm not talking about gender, as mankind normally do, we like to just box things up and put it in its little pigeonholes. And when it comes around that time every year, that's when we'll talk about Thanksgiving. And now we're thankful for turkey and family and friends and so forth. And we're missing the very power of activating the kingdom of God. That we should live in perpetual things. That we, we could, with thanksgiving, acknowledging what God has already placed in us, activate, causes our faith to activate the kingdom power of God through us. I'll give you several points here to just ponder upon, and then we're going to take them home, and we're going to see tomorrow as a much different day than just a time to eat and watch maybe a football game or something like that. Here's number one. Thanksgiving provokes the power of increase. Thanksgiving provokes the power of increase. On the opposite, murmuring blocks what God can do in your life. Complaining blocks what God can do in your life. When you murmur and complain, you are acknowledging what the enemy has already done and doing. So you give power to that kingdom rather than the kingdom of God. See, I'm here to tell you tonight, God has given all of us His grace and enough grace to refrain from murmuring. Man, if you guys didn't know what murmuring was, you'd be like, Amen! Hallelujah! Some of you are thinking, Man, did he hear me out in the foyer? Did he hear me when I was getting dressed coming here? Abraham gave glory to God and thanksgiving before his miracle was manifest. Before the child was ever born, he was thanking God for the fulfillment of the promise and he became fruitful and the fruit was born and there was increase in his house. you got to thank God for what's in you, not what's outside of you. If you want on the outside to change, you've got to speak to what's on the inside first, and the kingdom of God is in you. Hallelujah. Secondly, Thanksgiving, it, it, it provokes the power of multiplication. You remember the story in Mark chapter 8 where Jesus takes a little boy's lunch, and what does he do first? He gives thanks. And when he gives thanks to his father, what happens? It multiplies. And one little boy's snack feeds thousands and thousands of people and there's 12 basketfuls left over. Do you think God just works that miracle back then or do you think He was showing us the kingdom power at work here on earth and that same multiplication process and power is available to us in His kingdom today? See, Jesus is, was the, is the King of kings and as the King was showing us, this is how the kingdom works here on earth. 
And, and, and with thanksgiving, He released the power of multiplication. And if we would learn to that, do that in our life, whatever little bit there is, instead of whining and complaining and murmuring and, and trying to worry over it, we need to lift it up to God and say, God, the kingdom of heaven has come here inside of me. Now let it be released through me as I thank you, God. I thank you because little is much when God is in it. Hallelujah. The third thing, thanksgiving provokes the power for growth. It is the way we water the seeds that, that we have sown and, and, and bring forth the growth. God is committed to increase to whatever you plant and water. Remember Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, he said, Paul, uh, he said I planted and Apollo says water, but God gave the increase. I'm here to tell you, we don't want to sow seeds into the kingdom of God and then, and then negate them with our words and our actions. Whatever good deeds and whatever uh, uh, gifts and whatever talents and whatever treasures we, we sow into the kingdom of God, we need to speak positive over that. We need to bless that. We say, I planted in Apollos' water, but God's going to come in and, and bring forth the increase. That's how the kingdom of God works here on earth. So giving and serving and working and thinking and trusting and, and waiting for all these things is, is when, we, when we bring those things before us, we just say, Lord, I thank you that I was able to be a part of this. I thank you that, that I might not be a part of the whole thing, but I'm a part of it. And all you need is me to be thankful and bless your holy name. And God gets the increase. And then finally, Thanksgiving provokes the power of sozo. Now, sozo is a Greek word, and it finds its uh, base uh, of understanding in an Old Testament Hebrew word, shalom. Shalom means nothing broken and nothing missing. So sozo, which is translated saved a lot of the times, made whole other times in the uh, New King James and King James Version of the Bible, New NIV and other places, it, sozo is a powerful word. It is the word that when Paul in Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you will be sozo. You will be shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing. You'll be healed, delivered, every bit. It's not just going to heaven. I know I grew up in a denomination that just limited it to going to heaven. It was all about heaven. Thank God it's about heaven. But it's about heaven on earth as well. It's about praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants His kingdom to come in us through His Son Jesus Christ by the presence and power of His Holy Spirit. And then He wants His kingdom to flow through us. So when we're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, we're not running out here trying to seek His kingdom. We're getting centered and focused on His kingdom that is in us and we're acknowledging every good thing that He has already... That's how you seek first the kingdom. And when you do that, your faith is effective, as, as Philemon said, and, and, and it begins to bring forth the manifest of the kingdom that is in you, that is in Christ, into your life. Praise God. It provokes the power of sozo. This is a very, very important uh, scripture. I so much so I wanted to, uh, you to look at it in Luke chapter 17. This proves my point. Proves it with such accuracy. Tells the story here about the ten lepers being cleansed. You remember that? So now it happened as he went, Jesus, to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there, there he met ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. 
And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, he glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, where were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So Jesus said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith. Now the other time, Jesus just healed them. Now he is telling him, By what you have done, there has been an effective, effectual uh, uh, working of your faith. And your faith has made you well. Now, if you can get this truth right here down inside your soul, I believe it will release God's best for your life this Christmas and Thanksgiving season like never before. Because this story is talking about leprosy, which was a death sentence. It would start with pain in your joints and your joints would become inflamed and they would burst through your skin into these sores. And I thought, thought I'd throw up some pictures of it, but I said, you know, I better not do that on this evening. Some of you may still got some kitchen work to do. And this, these sores would spread and they would cause such disfigurement and many people physically uh, indescribable. It was just, in, you almost have to see it and you still can't believe it. Their hair would fall out, even their eyebrows, and they would lose the sensation in their limbs and their body and lose. There was eventually a loss of consciousness, and in the later stages, they would go into a coma and they would die. Leprosy, horrible. It's a picture of sin in the Old Testament. The Bible showed leprosy is a picture of sin, where sin causes inflammation first in our inner being. And then it breaks out like sores in the rest of our life, in other areas of our life, like anger and pride and lust and all of these things. And then sin would spread and cause loss of beauty and spreading eventually to cause a loss of sensation where we don't even feel a passion for God anymore. Leprosy was a horrible life. They, they could not come into contact with people. They had to cry out, unclean, unclean, as they were just doing here with Jesus. The, the law said they had to stay 50 yards away. That's half a football field. They had to stay away from making contact with anyone. Can you imagine the psychological effect? Could you imagine the, the moral stigma as people looked at you with disdain and fear and, and they were scared of you? They would run from you. They didn't want to catch what you had. They would take your home away from you and dismantle it every brick by brick and they would burn it. They would take all of your possessions and they would burn them trying to get rid of any source of this uh, leprosy. You lost everything. You lost your health, you lost your wealth, you lost your relationships, you lost your purpose, you lost your destiny, you lost it all. And, and they could not hold their family members any longer. They couldn't touch their spouse, they couldn't touch their children or be touched by them. Never to be hugged by a healthy human being ever again until you die this death. Boy, the plight of a leper. But in one day... In one moment, the power of God in and through Christ Jesus came in and their nightmare, just as it began, it is over. It is over. One day, you meet a man whose name is Jesus and he tells you to go and show yourselves to the priest and, and, and as you're going, you had to go to the ones who labeled you this. The priests are the ones who labeled you this, so you had to go to them first and, and, and now you had to go and tell them, the ones that gave you the death sentence, you had to go and show them and prove to them that you no longer were a leper. 
No longer did people have to stop running from you. No longer did people have to start, you didn't have to cry unclean, unclean anymore. And he sends them to the very one who spoke the death sentence over them that they might shine the light of God's healing power and show them that the Messiah has come and the kingdom of God has come to this earth. And and, and the Bible says that as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 14, you see that up there. They were cleansed as they went. Now that word in the Greek means to clean, to clean, clean up what you see, a mess that has been cleaned up. So that leprosy was cleaned up. The sores were cleaned up. Their skin, you know, it, there was no more of the sign of the leprosy. But the Bible says that one of the nine, when he saw that he was cleansed or cured and and the leprosy was no longer on his skin, he returned to Jesus with a loud voice. And believe it or not, that Greek word has two words that makes up that loud voice, megaphona, like a megaphone. And he glorified God. And that word glorified means he's rendering glorious and magnifying God with repetition. He is just glorifying God. And he fell down on his face, the Bible says, before Jesus' feet as an act of worship and total surrender. And he gave thanks. There's the key. He gave thanks. Eucharisto, which means to repeatedly express gratitude. It's not a one-time thank you. It It is a heart that is so thankful that it says thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And knowing what he had just been cured of, we can understand why he is so thankful. Now remember in Philemon 1.6, we were reading how to activate our faith. Our faith is activated and made expressive when we give thanks that the sharing of your faith may become effective. We want effective faith so that when we acknowledge, when we give thanks to the good that is within us, that is in Christ Jesus, He's there before the King of the kingdom and now that kingdom was before Him. Jesus is in us, so the kingdom of God is now in us, Jesus says. But He is thanking Him. And Jesus noticed that this man was a stranger, a Samaritan, not of the household of faith. He's not even of the household of faith, but he's getting faith more than those who are of the household of faith. And unfortunately, if we're not careful, we the church folks will be the first to live lives with ingratitude towards God. We've got to be careful of that. We can't be the deadest, coldest, faithless folks on earth. We need to represent the King on earth. And when we understand how gratitude, how thanksgiving makes our faith effective, when we begin to recognize and be thankful for what is already in us in Christ, it causes the kingdom power in us to be activated and flow through us. Because Jesus has already said, if I have to, I'll look to prostitutes and liars and alcoholics and drug addicts and thieves and adulterers and and I'll save them to come into my house uh, to get some praise. Because those who have been saved from much will have much to be thankful for. Don't forget from where you've come. Don't forget that we were born and we were all lepers. We all were sinners. We were all far away from God. We were all on our way to hell. Don't you ever forget that without the work of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that none of us could have any good thing in us, for us, or around us. That every good and perfect gift comes from God. We cannot forget that. We must learn to be the light that leads the way. And how do we effectively show forth our faith in such a way that it taps into the kingdom of God and His power that is already here on earth in us is with thanksgiving. 
acknowledging every good thing. So here this one comes back to Jesus. And if you could go back there, that scripture there, he says he comes to Jesus. And Jesus told him what? That his faith has made him well. Is that what it says? Well, guess what that word is? Sozo. Sozo. Which means you've been delivered, prospered, protected, made whole, complete, nothing broken, nothing missing. Your Hebrew shalom, nothing broken, nothing missing. Everything that was lost has been restored. Everything that was broken has been repaired. Do you get this? In these words, we're seeing that nine out of ten got a healing touch from God and were cured. The sores dried up. They still had loss of home, loss of family, loss of limb, loss of jobs. Maybe if they lost their foot, they're still hobbling. But they thank God that leprosy is no more. They're cured. It's a different word. But the one who came back with thanksgiving, Jesus said, now this is faith at work. And because I see this faith at work, the kingdom sozo, shalom, is going to be made unto you, go, your faith has made you well. Sozo. So if he had lost any fingers, his fingers came back. Nothing, nothing broken, nothing missing. If he lost his home, he's getting another home. If he lost his job, he's getting another job. If he lost his family, it's going to be reconciled. If whatever he lost was coming back, if he lost his investment, it was coming back. If he lost his re retirement, it was coming back. Somebody needs to say, wait a minute, the devil's been coming in and he's been stealing, killing, and destroying, but all I need to do is I don't need to be like the nine and just receive the grace gift of God and his healing uh, virtue, but I need to be a man or a woman of faith and I need to make my faith effective by acknowledging, by thinking. And as this one came back and he fell on his feet and he with a loud voice said, I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Messiah. Let me tell you what, when we begin to thank God for what is already on the inside of us, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. His kingdom is in us. Get his kingdom to flow through us and the sozo shalom of God will be your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything restored. Not only the disease cured, but everything restored. Hallelujah. Oh, that we could see that. Oh, that we could believe that. Oh, that we could hold on to that. Change our attitude. Change our way of living. That no matter what we walk into, we're not looking for a, a situation maybe that is dire or a situation that is hard or a situation that is broken. But when we walk into it, we don't see the brokenness and we don't see the pain of it and we don't see the loss of it. What we do is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness which is in us. Jesus said the kingdom is in you. So we see what the King has brought in us. So now we see what we can bring from the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on 
love, we need to bring it to this situation. So instead of being dominated by the environment and the, and the atmosphere we walk into, we change. We're cultural shifters. We're shifting. We're bringing the kingdom. We're bringing the light. And the darkness is fleeing. So instead of us responding in life and trying to survive in life, we're now moving back the gates of hell. And the gates of hell cannot prevail because Jesus is building His church. Don't you want to be a part of the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving provokes the power of increase. Provokes the power of multiplication. Provokes the power of growth. And provokes the power of sozo. Thanksgiving does that. Oh, when we give thanks. Are you ready to give thanks? I pray tomorrow you will go into tomorrow saying, wait a minute, the nation gave us permission one day out of the year to take off and to be thankful. But they were just tasting. They got a taste. They saw that there was a power of God that caused this nation to be birthed. There was a power of God that miraculously brought these men and women through these treacherous seas into the shores of this land. And they gave God thanks and they praised God. And what seemed to be impossible became possible. It had something to do with that thanksgiving. So we got a secular government telling us government, people, don't forget the power of thanksgiving. But we got pulpits today who need to rise up as this one is and say, we don't limit this to one day of the one day of the year. That there's power in thanksgiving. Then in Philemon uh, chapter 1 there, verse 6, he says that your faith becomes effectual. That your faith may become effective. Faith without works is dead. So how do you work your faith? You've got to acknowledge the good things that are in you in Christ. That He's brought the King, He's brought His kingdom in you. His kingdom, His will be done on earth. His power be manifest on earth. His deliverance be uh, 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 experienced on earth. And it's in us. It's in us. We're not religiously trying to find it out here. Sing the right song, hit the right tempo, hear the right sermon, give the right amount of money, and then wow, we fall into the kingdom. The kingdom is in us. And He says the way we release it is like this one of the ten lepers. I believe so many times we're like the nine lepers. We'll go around saying, God is a healing God. God provides. God, God is powerful. I can tell you one time He did this, and I can tell you one time He did that. But the one who came back and gave thanks went from just being cured out of that one moment of trouble to be made whole and everything restored that the devil had ever taken from him. Hallelujah. Because of his thanksgiving. Oh, I pray that you'll get this key and you'll never let that devil take it back from you. And you'll hold on to this key the rest of your life. And you'll get up in the morning with a smile on your face and it may be one that you have to force. But you say, uh-uh, this is the day. 
that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice. I'm not complaining and I'm not going to find fault and I'm not going to whine. And I, This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I thank You that I can move my feet. I thank You that I can move my hands. I thank You, Lord God, for Your goodness and Your mercy that are following me all the days of my life. Your goodness and mercy followed me into the bed last night and Your goodness and mercy is going to follow me out of the bed into the day. Lord, I thank You, God, that when I turn in any corner that I turn. There's no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. I don't have to live in fear and I don't have to worry, but I know you're a good God. All good and perfect gifts come from you. I thank you, God. I thank you for your healing power that is in me, that no cell in this body can align itself opposite you because this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It is carrying the King of the kingdom and the power of the kingdom and I acknowledge it and I'm going to release it right now. And you start letting it one moment what you've been fighting with over years and years uh, and been suffering with years and years in one moment the king of kings can speak and say be gone uh, be sozoed uh, and it's all returned back unto you hallelujah the power of thanksgiving would you stand with me please Lord we do thank you tonight we thank you tonight Lord God for your word which speaks to us right where we're at we thank you, Lord God, that you've never left us and never will you. Whether we feel you or not, we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. So we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge your goodness. And we acknowledge your mercy. Thank you, God, that you brought us to this place at this hour and you've given us all that you have given us, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, God, that you've got a great future planned for each and every one of us. You've gifted us with talents and anointings and giftings, purpose and destiny. And we thank you, God, that you're going to help us find that course. You're going to find, you help us be in sync with your perfect will for our lives as we pursue you, as we love on you, as we praise you. And as we give thanks. Father, I want to thank you for these wonderful folks here at Christian Embassy. Lord, what a privilege. What a privilege for 25 years to be so blessed by such awesome people. Lord, I thank you for their families. I thank you, Lord God, for health. I thank you, Lord God, for wealth. Lord God, I thank you for provision in every area of their life. Lord, I thank you for their children and their children's children. And Lord, I thank you for their heritage. And I ask God that your hand of blessing would continue to be upon them. And Lord, it's so exciting to pray like that because your hand of blessing is already on them. I just thank you for it. And I thank you, God, as they walk out of this building tonight. You said better to be a doorkeeper in your house. Than, than to be rulers over anything in this world, Lord. It's so good to gather together in your name. So, Lord, I pray as they walk out of here tonight that they're going to walk into blessings like they never even prayed for. Lord, just special gifts, special, special things, I pray. Because I'm so thankful, Lord God, for them and their support here tonight. And I believe I can come alongside your heart and your will and ask that.
Lord God, I thank you that you've never left us and you never will leave us. Even as we dismiss and go in our separate ways now, Lord, you will go with each of us. Lord, I pray that if there's any brokenness, any pain, any loss, any setback that the enemy has caused in anyone's life, Lord, I pray that they would take this key tonight, the power of thanksgiving. And Lord God, they would open the gate and they would begin to move in to the kingdom's court. And the king's court with the kingdom provision and the kingdom power, they begin to identify it with thanksgiving, Lord, and make their faith effective that it begin to manifest through their life to your glory and to your honor. Lord, I pray your favor and your blessings upon each and every one as we go now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.